What's going on? It's Jailers from Nick of Time Show. I'm here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. You know what time it is. It's time to celebrate our new Knicks coach, man. Tom Thibodeau has joined the New York Knicks five-year deal. Welcome to the squad, Tom Thibodeau. Yes, sir. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Come on. But before we get into that, I have to introduce my man. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G in the building. Let's go. Let's do this, man. Oh, man, listen, yo, Ryan, this week was wild, dog. This week was <laughs> crazy. It was crazy what? because the week starts off and, and there's rumors like, oh, Tom Thibodeau is going to be a lock. It's a lock. He's, he, he's going to be a Knicks coach. All of a sudden, rumors pop out. Jason Kidd all of a sudden is a favorite, according to Stephen Bundy, <laughs> to be the next Knicks coach. You're like, what? 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 And if you're a Knicks fan, following this, your 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 head is exploding. You're you're like, what the hell is happening? Jason Kidd is not the guy I wanted. He, he, me personally, I didn't want the guy. Like, there's too many bad rumors on him. Him trying to take over New Jersey Nets. Him not coaching Milwaukee Bucks well. It was it was a disaster for me personally. So. <laughs> then you find out, oh, Kenny Atkinson got another interview. He's like, whoa, is Kenny Atkinson gonna be a coach? Then you find out, wait a minute. The Knicks are continuing their search and they're going to interview more coaches next week. What the hell is... <laughs> what? Pandemonium. Pandemonium is going on. A bunch of smoke screens. bunch of smoke screens. Only to find out facto Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the New York Knicks. Yo, what, do you, what do you think happened there, man? I just think that... Like I said, it's just a bunch of smoke screens. Like, I don't know if it's because it's different rumors spreading around. Like, people have different sources, and these sources don't necessarily know what's going on within the organization. So it's like everybody's hearing different things, and they're just writing stories on it and just getting that, getting that out to the media. Or if it's just the Knicks being like, you know what? We don't want anyone to really know what we're doing at the moment. So we're just going to purposely put news out there that we're doing this, we're doing that. When all along, the plan was to sign Coach Thibodeau and make him become the new Knicks coach. So I think it has a little bit to do with both, yo. I think because news came out, shout out to John McAlee. He posted that he's hearing that there was contract negotiation problems. You know, (laughs) there was a sticking point over Tom Thibodeau's contract. Uh, they didn't agree the length of the deal, which is funny because he got five years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and it makes that- you wonder, like, um, like what was the like breaking point? Like, was it because oh, Thibodeau wanted five years, and then Leon Rose was like, "Nah, we're gonna give you three to four years," or was it like Thibodeau wanting? extra years and Leon Rose was like okay we're only going to give you like five and then Thibodeau was like all right you know what I'm gonna just accept the five (laughs) dog I really think it was Dolan man I think it was Dolan I think it was Dolan you know why you know why I I don't even blame him you know why why how many coaches have we had in the Knicks 
over the last 10 years. It, it, it's a lot. It, 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 if, it, if it's not 10, it's probably like eight. <laughs> None of the coaches we hired over the last few years have finished out their contract. None. Fisher. Uh, 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 Jeff, we, they all get terminated before their contract. So now somebody Bad. else is coming into the Knicks, and his and they're saying, "Hey, I want five years." He's looking down the line of this track record: two years, two years, two years. Why the hell would I give another person five? <laughs> that's what I think happened. I, that's what it, I think happened. It could be the case because maybe James Dolan's maybe James Dolan's looking at it. He's like, you know what? I'm not trying to give another coach a payout if he doesn't pan out. So, exactly. So I'm going to give it this two-year deal, or it's going to be off. <laughs> Keep it pushing. Keep it pushing. I feel like that was the biggest thing. And low key, I think the Knicks knew who hated them. Put out some fake news. Pushed out some news to Bondi because he knew Bondi was going to put some spice on it. Because we read Bondi's article. Bondi's article was like. It was a mess negotiating their contract. He, he put some like he made it seem like it was like a like it was loving hip hop and it was throwing drinks at the contract. Me like it was messy. <laughs> it, it was messy. Was part of the headline, Ryan. Like dead ass. Yeah. <laughs> so he start and so it was like oh, now Jason Kidd is a front runner. I think they were trying to use that as negotiating con- tactic. To it could it could have been to pressure. Tibbs into taking less years. That's right. But it didn't work. He got well, five years anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like, it means if that's really the case, it's like what? Tibbs is asking for like seven years? <laughs> like, what's really the deal? Yo, bruh. <laughs> bruh. Leon Rose. Didn't Leon used to work for Tibbs? Is he still working for Tibbs? I feel like Leon got him that five year deal just like he got metal that year, that, that deal with no trade clause. So. Leon, whose team you on, Leon? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh man! Interesting, interesting week. But congrats, congrats for people who wanted Thibodeau. The wait is over. Tom Thibodeau is the coach, and we're gonna get into Thibodeau and and what you think he's gonna bring to the table. What we think could be a concern for us, and everything in between. All right. Uh, Pretty much. Jack Swag. Also, news, news, more news for your head top. Our guy Mike Miller and Mike Woodson, Woodson, the two Mikes are in contention to be on the assistant coaching staff. So they have support within the Knicks organization to be on this Knicks squad. So definitely look out for the two Mikes to be on the Knicks squad. For sure. Mike Miller, Mm well-deserving. He pretty much brought the Knicks out of, (laughs) out of hellfire under David Fisdale and had them playing good again Mm -hmm. before the season got cut short due to the pandemic and Mike Woodson, Another good coach. Seems like he's been doing good things on the Doc Rivers in L.A. And on top of that, when he was a coach here in New York, he actually coached the Knicks to their last 50 win season since God knows when. So both of them would be good additions to the um, coaching staff if everything goes through. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what role Mike Woodson will play. If he feels like a nostalgia pick to me, uh, be more of, you know, we – Good feelings. We we had it here before. Uh, PR stuff. I don't know. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. Maybe I was on a call with Knicks Fan TV, and a caller suggested that maybe he could be there to keep the locker room alive 
and, and well and, and we're running since that's what kind of what he does for the Knicks. He gives the tough love and the good feels, doesn't have people feeling offended. So maybe that could be a role for him. But Mike Miller, on top of the basketball stuff, I mean, but Mike Miller to me would be a great addition to Tom Thibodeau's team. One, because he already has experience with these teams, with the Knicks team. He already knows people's strengths and weaknesses. He's worked with them. He can continue to work with them. Give he can pass on the the intel to Tom. You know, kind of yeah. like, kind of like, it's sad to say, kind of like when somebody's taking your job and you like transferring the files over. So can yeah. smooth the transition. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it can kind of be like that. And also, it's like you know, he kind of give him some insight on what's worked and what hasn't worked. Especially, yeah, especially considering while I was doing a little bit of research and figuring out what Tom Thibodeau does and what Mike Miller does, there's a little bit of overlap in some of their philosophies. So, um, I feel like Tom and Mike actually might work together. I feel like they might think kind of similar when I it, research over here. Yeah. It, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So, I'll get I'll get into that a little bit later when we get into the conversation of what Tom Thibodeau brings to the table and everything like that. But, let's get to that. Ryan. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the New York Knicks. Uh, listen, man, he's, he's done well for himself as an NBA yeah, coach. You can't deny most it. definitely. You can't deny it. Uh, came in. Came into the franchise. The Bulls guy had a 200, 255 wins to 139. Lost a 64% winning percentage. <laughs> Posted a franchise best 86 consecutive game streak without losing more than two games. <laughs> Woo! Come, bruh. He's, 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 he's coaching. He's coaching. Yeah. And listen, he's done all this winning while Derrick Rose was injured. That is true. Like he, Derrick Rose, he, he missed a lot of seasons, man. He made like three seasons, Derrick Rose, and he still managed to find ways to win. Yeah. So, Ryan. Let's, let's get into his pros list, man. What do you think is the benefit of having a guy like Tom Thibodeau here, man? The first benefit, I believe, of having Tom Thibodeau here in New York is just the fact that he's a defensive coach. He's going to always preach defense first. Mm-hmm. And I believe his years in Chicago and Minnesota, because one of the things, one of the knocks against him was during the time in Minnesota. Minnesota had some of the worst defensive teams in the league. Right. During that time, while they had some of the best offensive teams in the league. Right. And my thing is, if you go back to his time in Chicago, because I read some articles where they were comparing his time in Chicago and his time in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. When he was in Chicago, he had players that actually were defensive minded, play, you know, actually thought defense first. Right. He had Taj, he had Joe King. Exactly. Dang, Jimmy Butler. Dogs, exactly, exactly, and the thing, and and his coaching philosophy is basically, you take away the rim, and he doesn't necessarily guard the three that well. His philosophy is just take away the rim. That's like his number one goal, right? Because you know that's the high percentage shot, you know, as opposed to the mid range and the three point shot. Mm-hmm. And there, and and if you look at the stats, like throughout the years. Like, I think from 2010 to 2020, like, the best defensive teams in the league, 
they all protect the rim very well. Right. And that is the basis of Tim Thibodeau's defense. Top, now, yeah. With the, yeah, now with the Knicks, the Knicks actually has a rim protection, Mitchell Robinson, where he's a guy that can protect the rim. So I think Thibodeau's going to definitely like a guy like him on the roster. Right. And then on top of that, like in Minnesota, I feel like the reason why it didn't work in Minnesota was he didn't have great defensive players in Minnesota. He had Carl Anthony Towns where great offensive player, but defensively he's kind of sluggish. Right. Andrew Wiggins, same thing, good offensive player, but again, kind of sluggish. So he didn't have the right personnel in Minnesota. So now when he's trying to implement his defense, it's not going to work well if you don't have the players on the squad. But I think with the Knicks now, you have Robinson. Here you have Frank Nilakina, where he's a good defensive guard. Mm-hmm. That's already two players right there that you know defensively they're going to give, they're going to put it in, they're going to put it in the work. Right, right. You have RJ Barry, where I think there's this false notion that young players cannot grow on a Tom Thibodeau, but then when you look at like his career, like Derek Rose flourished under him. Mm-hmm. You know what? Too pause right there. All right. Let me get back into the defense conversation too, because I feel like the defense conversation is the contention right now with people and and Tom Thibodeau. Because the thought is, wow, he's done really well in Chicago on a defensive end, but when he came to the Timberwolves, he wasn't able to translate that. Right? Like you like you mentioned before, they were the top defense in Chicago. Yeah, gets to, gets to the Timberwolves, 28th in defense in 2015-2016, 27th in defense in 2016-2017, and 25th in defense when he was fired. Yeah. Um. So, so then the conversation becomes what happened in Chicago that didn't happen in Timberwolves. And like you said, a lot of that could be personnel. Yeah. Right? But also... Also, maybe, just maybe, some of it could be the three-point shot has taken over the league, and it might be some adjustments that have to be made to the defense. You're right. So it could be a little bit both. It could be a little bit both because when you're looking yeah, at the, be. when you're looking at the footage of Carl Anthony Towns. And I'm, I'm, you've seen these examples of the ice coverage for the pick and roll, <laughs> which men, which Minnesota ran real poorly. <laughs> uh, listen, <laughs> listen. If you've seen those videos, you can easily see we're swapping Mitchell Robinson out for Cat. I mean, swapping Cat out for Mitchell Robinson would instantly improve that defense dramatically. Exactly. <laughs> if the if the if the plan is to funnel the ball hand to the big and they're getting funneled to Mitch Robinson, whatever what was happening with Cat is not happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mitch might foul. That That's might about happen. it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 there's only two outcomes: foul or block. It's either foul or block. It's either foul one. Foul or block. It's not gonna be a layup. That's Word. It it's not gonna be no violation. It's not. It's gonna be not gonna nah. be none of that. <laughs> Interesting enough, though, reading about reading about the uh, the, art, the the ice the ice uh, defense and things as well. What what it might not be to our benefit is back in the day. You know, there were there weren't as many three point shooting bigs 
And sometimes, as of now, in today's NBA, those three-point shooting bigs can prevent other people from packing the paint and helping. Right now, you can kind of swing it to a three-point shooting big and have things open up. And that can dismantle the ice defense. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see, can he adjust? Because while reading... You know what happened with the Timberwolves. It seems like Tom was uh, hesitant to adjust the defensive schemes a little bit. They, the players there, wanted to do more of a, a, a switching defense and less of a you know a ice defense. And once they started to switch a little bit more and be more aggressive on the pick and roll and stop doing their drop coverage, which is another coverage that he likes to do, um, mm-hmm. where you know the drop coverage when the big drops down instead of comes up. And contest a shot or contest a guard at, at the three point line, or whatever. Once they started doing that, the defense seemed to be picked up, but then you know, we never saw where it went because Tom Thibodeau got fired. Yeah, so, um, can Tom Thibodeau adjust to the times? Can he recognize if things aren't working and adjust accordingly on the defensive end? Is a question for me, yeah, mostly, yeah, most definitely. But I just think with Tom Thibodeau, like. He just needs the right horses to make it work. Because if he, like I, you know, like I said earlier, if he doesn't have the right players that have the mindset of defense and actually pay attention to detail and things like that, it's not going to work because Dibido is a deep is a detail oriented coach. Absolutely. Because if you if you because if you read quotes from different players, like they all say the same thing that this guy writes a whole bunch of notes on the board and he's very detailed <laughs> meticulous and, and all of that so you so you'd have to have the right mindset going in like okay you know what i have to prepare every game i have to watch film every game and know my opponent and things like that but if you're gonna have players that's gonna you know slack and and be like you know i don't have to watch game film like that or tune out the you know tune out the notes and the and right. the talking because another thing is that Another thing that I read is that Thibodeau loves to talk. They say this guy talks on every possession. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I I think I think you have to have the right. You have to have a different kind of mindset to deal with a coach like Thibodeau. Mm, right, and that's another thing too. Maybe those young guys, because maybe those young guys in the Timberwolves weren't cut from the real cloth, man. That yeah, could be it too. That could be it too. I, maybe we've done a better job with drafting guys with character who will be able to take the tough coaching. I feel like RJ will be fine. Yeah. Taking the, you know, I feel like Frank picks up so fast anyway, he's going to catch the schemes. Uh, Kevin Knox, who knows what's going to happen there. Julius Randle, who knows. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you hope. Yeah, hope. (laughs) You hope. You definitely hope. Uh, continue on to your last point, Ryan. I think he was, he was getting into the young guys. Yeah, so I think there's a false narrative out there that Thibodeau doesn't really improve young guys because you look at Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was an MVP under him. Mm-hmm. So clearly Derrick Rose grew under him, and then Derrick Rose was cut down by injuries, unfortunately. Then he had Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was looked at as a bench player when he first came to Chicago. And under Tom Thibodeau, he basically became an all-star. Absolutely. So 
I think there are cases that show that Thibodeau can grow young players. So I believe that RJ Barrett might grow under Thibodeau as well. The, the only thing is that Thibodeau's the type of coach where he plays a short rotation. So starters are going to get heavy minutes. Yeah. So the so the thing is that I think I think I saw a stat where they were showing the minutes discrepancy, like with the Knicks current roster and the last year he was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I think the I think the player that played the most minutes, I believe, was was it RJ Barrett, I believe? On the Knicks? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't I don't Yeah, I don't I, have that st- I don't have I don't that know, stat in front of me. But I know yeah. RJ had played definitely played heavy minutes for sure. Yeah, but but yeah, but the highest the highest um minute per game player on the Knicks but had like 32 minutes a game. Mm. And on the Thibodeau, they showed like the top player had 37 minutes a game. Like at least three players played 37 minutes a game. So the young guys are definitely gonna get stretched out on the Thibodeau. Unless Thibodeau's gonna change his philosophy and play them and play, you know, the guys less starters minutes and play his bench more. That's a you know that's a question, you know, that's gonna be answered. But I, I believe that at least the young guys who, who are going to be starters for the Knicks, right? They, they're going to get the playing time that they need to improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right, man. Uh, it's kind of that is a misconception. It's like a partial. It's a partial truth. Yeah, that's what that's what that really is. It's a partial truth because it's not that he doesn't play young guys. Because, like you said, Derrick Rose. Like I, I saw, I saw a list of minutes from young guys when he was on the Bulls. Derrick Rose. Uh, 36 minutes a game. Taz Gibson in the second season played 21 minutes a game. Doki Noah, <laughs> you know, 32. So even Levine, Levine, 22 years old on the Timberwolves, he played 37 minutes a game. Yeah. You know, Andrew Wiggins, 37 minutes a game. Those, these are young guys. These yeah. These are young guys. It's, when, you, when you pull back and you look at it, it's less about the youth and more about who Tom trusts. And who or who he sees promising? Because even Levine, he talked about how Tom threw him the ball and let him go at twenty-two and let him play through certain mistakes, which was cool to read. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was cool to read. But I guess that's with every coach. But you, you, at a certain point, you have to be more flexible. Maybe throw the ball out there for Kevin Knox a little bit. Maybe throw the you know like some guys who's not. We have some guys who probably wouldn't get the minutes who's not going to usually make your your eight-man rotation because he likes to go seven-man. Yeah. Expand that a little bit towards, you know, 82-game season for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I know you, you started talking about pros too, and I thought like we got into the cons and stuff. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. This guy's yeah. fine. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> But I'll keep I'll keep going with a little bit with two. But the thing that I liked about Tom Thibodeau is of course the winning. He he won in Chicago. He won with the Timberwolves a little bit, man. As, as much flack as he got with Timberwolves, Timberwolves didn't win a playoff in 14 years. Tom gets there and first year plays they won 47 games. Not bad. Yep. Not bad at all. One thing that's surprising, though, not even surprising, but because, you know, Tom Thibodeau, Ryan, is thought of as a defensive coach, right? Yes, sir. And then you look at the track record. 
And you're like, huh, interesting. The Bulls, after, you know, all this talk about defense, 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 they were like a top 10, <laughs> a top 11 offensive team. Yep. Like, Thibodeau's offensive rating of the Bulls was 11th in his first season. Improved to 5th overall in his second season. And in his final season when he got fired. Now, people say he got fired because he went too much ISO. Derrick Rose needed help. That might be true because we watched those playoff games where they just triple team Derrick Rose and he was helpless. Yeah. At the same time, though, his offense wasn't it didn't really seem as bad as it might perceive because of his, his reputation as a defensive coach kind of might have clouded his offense a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of offense he's going to run to because He's run like a like a a little bit of a modern triangle at times, and even uh, even a uh, even pure triangle at times. I'm going through the videos. Yeah. So, so it's gonna be interesting to see what he does with Mike Miller, who also kind of ran some triangle, who also you know studied the Spurs offense, and see if those two can put their brains together, and you know modernize the triangle even more, or add some more wrinkles, or you know. Expand, expand the offense a little bit more. But he's done well, pretty much is what I'm saying, offensively, better than you think. Because even with the Timberwolves, right, Ryan? Yeah. The Timberwolves' problem was defense. It wasn't really offense. No, it wasn't. So like, when Tom was there, they were 10th best in the league in the first season of offensive end. And then they went 13th when all the crazy stuff was happening with Jimmy Butler. And so all this talk about Tom being a bat, like being a defensive guy, it seems like maybe there's a chance with the right personnel, he can unlock an offense with the Knicks. And, and it also seems like maybe when you take a deeper look at Tom, he might be more flexible with the offense than anything. Because my biggest concern with Tom is, all right, cool. We have these guys who are young. They have to grow. They have to make mistakes. Yeah. We have Mitchell Robertson out here practicing his handling a little bit. He's shooting threes. <laughs> is he going to let my man Mitch let it fly? <sighs> I mean... If it was Kenny Atkinson or somebody like that, I would have been more confident about that. But actually, the offense is one of the cons I have about Tom Thibodeau, though. <laughs> because even though stats-wise, Bulls and Timberwolves show that he's pretty good on the offensive end, mm -hmm. at the same time, I worry about his pace on offense because he likes to slow down the pace on offense, like slowly bring the ball up the court and actually run sets and things of that nature. Mm. So I worry about that because I feel like with the roster that Knicks have and they have a bunch of young guys, Definitely gotta run. Why, why don't you let them just run? You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, so that's one of the concerns I have about Tom Thibodeau on the offense. And the other concern I have is the, is the fact that his teams don't shoot a lot of threes. And in, to, in, in today's modern NBA, your team has to be able to, you know, shoot up volume of threes and make at least a good percentage of them. So that also kind of worries me as well. Right. So if you know, I have 
account with it, but oh, that's the one con I have. I do have a counter. Not for the threes, though. The threes are a concern. I'm hoping he's open to experiment with Mitch a little bit if he's showing promise on that end because a modern, a shot-blocking, three-point shooting big, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Can we have that again? <laughs> 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 right? Like. Yeah. <laughs> but my counter to that is the, as far as pace, how do you improve your pace? Defense. That is true. If you're bottom of a league in defense, how are you able to force turnovers and then go into fast break? I feel like that could be a huge reason why a lot of that stuff happened. Teague, Jeff Teague was getting killed on the defensive end. Oh, boy. Cat was not exactly <laughs> sending back shots into fast break. Like, there's a lot to not work with there. With yeah. And, you know, the same thing could be said about the Knicks, to be honest with you. To be honest with you. At the same time, though, you still have to push the ball. Yeah. Push the ball on on mix. That could be it too, but still. That, exactly. That's a counter. That's a and counter. I, and I feel and, and I feel like and I feel that if the Knicks push the push the pace too, that's gonna be fully utilize RJ Barrett because RJ Barrett's great on the break as well. Absolutely. You know, that'll get that'll get RJ Barrett easy basket, and then, then you hope that that'll get him going to the point where on offense in sets that he'll be able to get baskets as well. So, you know, I'm I'm all for a coach where he's going to implement. A faster pace of play, but you know, like you said too, if the Knicks play defense and force turnovers and things of that nature, then they'll be able to get on the break enough to where they'll get easy baskets same way. So right, exactly, exactly. But at the same time, dude, I am I am afraid of the three point of him not being able to be willing to let the three point three pointers fly. I know his philosophy is he likes to have control three pointers. He just wants to jack it up. Like, when reading how he likes his offense, he likes to get his shots at the rim, at the foul line, and the corner threes. That's where he likes to get his shots. Speaking of corner threes, Free Dot <laughs> shot 40, over 40% from corner threes in his career. Just saying. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had to throw that out there. I had to throw that out there. But, yeah. So, I mean, it is a concern, but you hope that his other strength that I'm about to mention helps him overcome that. And his other strength to me is that he is just a student of the game. Right? Mm. Like he studied yep. Jeff Van Gundy. He 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 does his homework. He's a videotape guy. He's a hard-nosed vet. Somebody joked that he's not married. Like <laughs> this guy is not married. And I said, no, sir, he is married. He's married to the game. It's all yes. about basketball with this man. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> it's all about basketball with this man. Like, what exactly. else is there to do? Ball is life. I'm getting that tatted. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so because this guy has such a work ethic, you know, during his, during his time off not being a head coach, he's been working with Team USA. He's been attending, like, analytics conferences. He's been going to the teams like uh, the Miami Heat. Miami Heat likes to shoot threes a lot. He's been, you know, with Doc Rivers and them in L.A. So you hope, you hope that he's taking some of those philosophies, updating his thinking, and is able to bring that thinking to the Knicks organization. Also, I'm hoping that Leon Rose used these interviews correctly to collect some intel from these other coaches at 
add that to the pool, please. I hope that, <laughs> I, hope, I hope that works for us. I hope, I hope that's how it works, right? <laughs> I hope so. Especially this this Kenny Atkinson and and, and Chris Chris guy from the Bulls who who orchestrated the Nets offense. Exactly. We and, definitely need some of that offense. Yes. <laughs> Bring and, it to New York. Uh huh. And or and won championships overseas with his motion offense. I hope they picked his brain because I was very curious about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes, I definitely. I hoping the student in the game thing helps help us all out, and he's able to adjust, man, for sure. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And what I also want to, I hope, is you know he's able to progress some of the talents of these guys, man. So. Ryan, I have another question for you. When it, when it comes to Tom Thibodeau, you know he's helped out guys like Derrick Rose. He's helped out Joakim Noah. You know, Joakim Noah was a passer. You didn't know he could pass. And all of a sudden, yeah. Who do you feel like Tom can help out most on his team? It's interesting. Um, if I have to think about it, I believe... He's going to be able to help out mainly guys like Mitchell Robinson. Like I can see Mitchell Robinson going under him, mm-hmm. but more so on the defense on the defense side of the ball, I feel like he'll make Mitchell Robinson more effective as a big man in guarding the paint and things of that nature. And I don't know, this might this might shock some people, but I also feel like Frank Nilakina is going to grow under him as well. Because I don't think that's shocking. I think people are with you. Go ahead though. Yeah, because I know the reason I say it's shocking is because people have mixed feelings about Frank. Like, everybody's not really on board with Frank. It's either some people are like, you know, Frank is, you know, he's a good player and other players, and the other Knicks fans are like, yeah, Frank, you know, let's get rid of him and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like Frank is like, quote unquote, prototypical point guard that Thibodeau likes to use to like on defense to guard opposing point guards and to be at a point of attack on defense. So I feel like those two players have a great chance to grow on the Thibodeau. And I think RJ Barrett will too, because Thibodeau is going to give him the minutes that's needed for RJ Barrett to really get into the game and, and just ball out. So I feel yeah. like those are the three players. It's going to be, I think it's going to be Mitch, Frank and RJ, to be honest. I hope so. I definitely hope so. I mean, and you know what? I will say this about Frank. Tibbs likes those. He definitely helped Frank out. I wouldn't say he's Frank is his typical point guard though, because Frank isn't like that. Derek, he's used to a Derrick Rose. He's used to an engine run, you know, run down the hill, break you down. Like, I, well, I well, yeah, I meant more like on the defensive side. Like, if he had a, if he had to like choose a point guard on, on the defensive side of the ball, it would probably definitely. be a point guard like Frank. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I definitely think people, you know, people been throwing out that Jimmy Butler comparison. For RJ, they're hoping that he can turn RJ into a Jimmy Butler type of player. And I'll be all for that. I definitely think he hope he can help Mitch Robinson as well. Yeah. I have a guy that I have a shocker, actually, that you won't expect me to say. Nobody will. That he can possibly help. <laughs> I think I have a feeling who it is, but I just want to hear you say it, though. <laughs> Don't kill me. Don't kill me. I don't care. Kill me. I don't give a fuck. Julius Randle, man. 
Oh, no handle Randall. Oh, no man. handle Randall, man. <laughs> no hand. Listen. There is a possibility that he can unlock something. Listen. If he can rein in Randall, that would be great. I said give that man a raise. <laughs> give that, give that, give that man a raise. You know, everybody's is, is, is mad at his handles and his decision making and da, 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 da. He's one of the as as frustrating as he is, he is one of the most talented guys on the team. Right? Yeah. Tom Thibodeau might be that guy to get in his ear. The way he, he holds people accountable. He might be what Randall needs, man. Especially on the defensive end. You see it. You see when Randall is engaged defensively one-on-one, he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, he's big as hell and can stay in front of anybody when when his mind is when his mind is set. And if Thibodeau can bring that out of him for a longer period of time, that would be ideal for sure. So I'm I I'm gonna see what happens. I'm gonna see what happens. <laughs> I still, gotta wait and see. I still want to stretch four. I still want to stretch four in a starting lineup. I don't foresee it happening. Mm-hmm. That's my wish. Just because it's too much politics and money and bad feelings that happens if you try to either trade him or move. You know, too might be too early to trade him. Might be yeah. too uh too too damaging to the locker room to move him to the bench. Mm-hmm. Because of the money and he's a veteran and all the intangibles that happen when you're dealing with personalities and not 2K lineups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But you you know, know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Please, Lord. Please. I hope so too. But yo, you know what I you know what I find funny though? Can you imagine what Todd Gibson is thinking right now? Cause this man is like, yo, I play for this man in Chicago. Then I went to Minnesota. Hey. I played for this man again. I, I went to New York. And now I play for this guy for a third time. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Derrick Rose point two. So Derrick Rose is coming uh. <laughs> Derrick Rose is coming back. Tom is like, so what do you think about Derrick Rose? Yeah. I know I know that's what he's saying in the meeting. I know it. I know it. And guess oh, what? Oh man. And guess what, Tom? This is in the this is in the cons. That's why you got fired. Word. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got fired. Because my man's tried to be your GM, take over, end up trading, you know, Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler and all this other stuff. And and, and it all bite him. It all bit him in the ass. Bit him in the ass. Hey, word. <laughs> no, no. No, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't overpay for Andrew Wiggins and Chris Dunn. Exactly. And then trade Levine and marketing for Jimmy Butler and only for Jimmy Butler leaves. That's, yeah. Nah. And that is why I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I hope. I hope. I'm warming up to the idea a little bit more that the Knicks new front office with this analytics department and, you know, the guys who seems like they'd be able to put together certain teams like the guy who, like my man Sean did with the with the Cavs. I'm hoping all these moving pieces, with the collaboration of Tom Pivot, will actually move us in the right direction. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But moving on. Speaking of ex Tom Thibodeau players. 
Yes, sir. Zach Levine. You know, Zach Levine, he's kind of fine with Tom. Despite being traded by the man, mm-hmm. he he bigged him up. He was like, man, listen, this guy, he, he grew well in my hands. Let me play. Yeah. 22 years old. Let me do my thing. Word. Coincidentally, in the paper, Ian Begley is answering mailbags and he's talking about, you know, possible trade scenarios or people the Knicks might be interested. And he revealed that the Knicks and the Nets have both done their homework on Zach Levine. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. So, and I, I spoke to my guy CP about this on Knicks Fan TV, and he believes that there's no way we try to get Levine and da-da-da. And I'm just like, I'm not so sure about that, CP. I don't think that is the case at all. I, I do feel like the Knicks have big guns here like Worldwide West and Leon Rose to make a splash, to make a move. I don't think it's just all of a smoke screen. I don't think that, I think, I'm not saying he's definitely coming. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that they will look into it. And if he ends up being a Nick with the Tom Thibodeau ties, with his contract, Zach Levine's contract expiring in what, 2022? Yeah. With the direction the Bulls are going in and him not, might not be necessarily being happy with it. I can see a scenario when that happens. The question is, would you do it? It depends on who the Knicks are giving up. And there was a trade scenario that you presented to me earlier today through an article where someone actually, I think it was a Bulls page, right? Like yeah, it was Bulls a Bulls page. Like yeah, and they were saying that it's, it's possible where the Knicks could give up their 2021 picks, and that's the draft that everybody's expecting to be oof, crazy. Oof, oof, so ouch, Knicks ouch, have to- ouch. Yeah, so Knicks have to give up their, both of their 2021 picks, though, their own and the Mavericks that they own for Zach Levine and a couple other Bulls players. So looking at that trade now, it's like, okay, you're giving up only two first-round picks and, and Kevin Knox. How do you for, I already know how you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the one more season for Kevin Knox, one more season to prove himself, one more. <laughs> On the so, clock. On the clock there, there, boy. Exactly. So... Okay, so you're giving up two first-round picks and Kevin Knox for a player that averages basically over 25 points a game. He's a rising young star. He can he's not bad for he's, he's not a bad three-point shooter. He shoots what 38% from 38% from three. Mm-hmm. Shoots what 49% from like from the field overall. And then on top of that, dude's a high flyer where the dude can the dude's gonna, you know, light up the garden with some huge dunks and all that. Yeah. To me, it's like I would, I'd probably pull the trigger on that. Do I think Zach Levine's a player that he could be like the leading scorer on a championship team? That's no. I, I don't believe that. At least he hasn't proven it so far in his young career. But do I think Zach, Zach Levine can be a viable piece where if you put it with R.J. Barrett and another player, possibly where the Knicks could actually become a very good team? I do believe that's possible. So if it's me, I'm pulling the trigger on that. Bring Zach Levine to New York. Let's go. Let's do it. Man, I'm not gonna lie, Ryan. I'm not gonna lie. 
if it's two first round picks and Knox, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to say no to. That's what I'm saying. That's a tough, <laughs> tough that's to say no. <laughs> 25 points a game. I know he's not a superstar. That the thing, the biggest, the biggest thing is how nice are you, Tom? <laughs> how nice? Tom, how nice are you? How? Because listen, Tom, listen. Every team you've been to, Tom, you brought them to the playoffs. Every single one. First year. <laughs> right? Every single one. Granted, oh, it's only two teams. It's only two teams. But Word. you hear what I'm saying, right? You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, Ryan, Ryan, if, if that happens and we're in the lottery again, yeah. In in a draft that's supposed to be one of the best drafts in years, it's gonna hurt. I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be it's sick. It's gonna hurt. Ryan. It's gonna hurt. I'm gonna be sick. I'm gonna be sick, sick, Ryan. It's gonna hurt. Because we're gonna go down the line of all the draft picks that we traded for some guys who didn't. I, I, I just, I just think it's a risk. It's a risk that has to be taken, especially if the Knicks end up getting, like, getting like a Lamelo Ball in the draft. I'm too. getting anxiety. I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, I think it's a risk that has to be taken, especially if the Knicks draft someone like LaMelo Ball. So can you imagine, like, LaMelo Ball, RJ, RJ Barrett, and Zach Levine in the same lineup? That that, that might that might be formidable, that might be formidable, formidable right formidable. there. I mean, that's true if LaMelo... Does, does RJ and, and Levine fit together seamlessly? Well, you, you, uh, it, it's, a, it, it's an experiment I'm willing to try. <laughs> it's an experiment I'm <laughs> willing to try. Is it my turn, your turn, basketball with those two? <laughs> Is it my... It, it might be, but I understand. It's tempting, man. It's tempting. Yeah, it's tempting, dog. It's definitely tempting. I don't know, man. That could be. That could be. Yeah. Let me know what we get. Let me go in and get it in the off season, and then we can talk about. It. Yeah, <laughs> but, but 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 I think if we I think my, I... if we get if we end up doing something like we end up getting Chris Paul, who's made every team better he's ever been to ever, draft Lamelo. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm Woo. like, all right, that's a playoff team. I mean, yeah, Chris yeah. Paul and Chris Paul anywhere is a playoff team, regarding if he's not injured, because he's he's still like 57 years old. Yeah, so he might get injured, and that could go all go over smoke again. But damn, I might be with you, Ryan. Yo. I might be with you, dog. I mean, I mean, that's a young core right there. But I mean, it's gonna it's gonna depend on who the next draft though. Like like I said, if it's like a Lamelo Ball, and then you have Lamelo, who's like what? 19, I think he's going to be this year. Then you have RJ Barrett. What is he going to, what is he like 20? Thing is, Lamelo, I'm not expecting Lamelo to be super nice this season either. Though. That's the other well, thing. well, well, of course, it's going to take Lamelo time. I'm just talking about the young core, right? Right, no, you I know, they, yeah, then like, I see what you're yeah, then Zach Levine is going to be. Well, I don't know Zach Levine's age, but I know that he's a young, young 22. So, I mean, right there, you're going to have three players that you can you could possibly grow with within the next, I don't know, five, six years or whatever. So, Right. Zach Levine is 25. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, he's still young, so I get it. I get it. Okay, all right. I think I'm I'm thinking I'm, I'm nervously I think I might go with you, man. In that in that <laughs> scenario, in that specific in that yeah, specific, yeah, that specific one in scenario, that specific one, yeah. Two first rounders and Kevin Knox. A high first, a, a lower first, 
Mm-hmm. Kevin, my for guy who averages twenty five, shoots thirty eight percent from three, and damn, yeah, I might do that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to think about it this way too. Maybe the Knicks can finesse, you know, their way to getting a first round pick that same season, you know, by pulling off another trade possibly and bringing in a first round pick. So you never know. You could, it, it might still work out to where the Knicks might get a 2021 first round pick. Nah, well, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. All right. You know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to change the topic. <laughs> I'm gonna change it. There is no topic today, really. We we done with the topics, but so we just gonna get into it, man. We just gonna get into it. All right. <laughs> Time for our favorite part of the show. Oh, Opix. There is no bat. Wait, there is basketball, but we there is basketball. It. We but, we but but there's no Knicks basketball. There's no Knicks basketball. <laughs> As a rule on the Nick of Tom show. We do not big up other teams. Not in the Oopix. Not in the Oopix. You only laugh at them. Nah. So bro, bro picks maybe. Oopix. No. No, we ain't, we ain't doing that. But Oopix are best plays of the week usually for the Knicks. But there is no Knicks basketball. So I'm 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 cheating again. I'm just I'm just go. I'm I'm just going. Listen, man, it's Mitch World. Mitch is posting all these like all these highlights. <laughs> He's killing all his high school friends. Word. <laughs> dude, 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 I'm, dude, dude is doing the sham god, dog. Dude is between the legs, between the legs, sham god. Go to the hole, dunk. Come. Dude look like a seven like dudes look like a seven foot shooting guard out there, yo. <laughs> Dude is, is 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 doing dribble moves, step back, three point shot. Oh that's all I gotta say. I'll never understand it how because the NBA is funny. Like I know everybody plays a role. But it's just the fact that like some of these guys are way nicer than they look like on the court, but they, but the teams just won't unleash them the way that they're supposed to be unleashed. It's it's funny. They're trying to build them up slowly, give them do the fundamentals and roll into the basket and timing and picks and run there. That's cool. That's cute. I like it. Yeah. This season. He doesn't have to sham God nobody. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, if he sham got somebody in the game, I am screaming. Yo, I'm going to go nuts. Yo, if he sham got somebody in the game, that would be my open for the next five to six weeks. I'll go in be my open, yo. What the? Oh. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even want to think about. I don't even think about it. I'm Word. Oh man. That that that's my oof. That that's it. I have nothing. I already know you have nothing. I'm not even gonna ask you. Yeah, because I mean, there's no Knicks game, so I was like, well, what am I gonna really oop pick about? Like, exactly, exactly. But I don't know if you have any of these. I definitely got broads though. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's get it. Let's get it. Now. It's ah. The other yes. part of our show. Bruh. Bruh picks. Bruh picks for guys who don't know. Worst plays of the week. Stupidest plays of the week. Doesn't have to be a play. It just be something stupid. 
that just happened in life. Ryan. Yes, sir. I like to call Ryan Brumman from the fifth row. Because yes. he usually has mad bro picks. So as you know, NBA basketball is back. Yeah. <laughs> and as you know, these guys have not been playing ball for like the past two to three months. Mm. And so there's some rust. A little bit, a little tiny. My first bro pick goes to CJ McCollum. Mm. Blazers versus the Pacers. <laughs> so, CJ McCollum is playing off ball. He makes a back cut on his defender, wide open. His teammate passes him the ball. He catches it. Nobody between him and the rim. He rises up. Clink. Off the rim. Oh, I missed the classic sprite dunk. Nobody around. Yep. It's all right. It's all right. It's the bubble. Exactly. It's a bubble, bubble you know. Give it all. Like, you know, do they do they play ball in two to three months? It's understandable. It's understandable. Yes, but, but still, catch the broke. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my next bro pick. Goes to Lou Williams. Lou. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because my guy oh my asked, for, asked for permission to leave the bubble. <laughs> to attend a family emergency. Mm. My guy goes to handle his family emergency. But before he comes back to the bubble, my guy decided to stop by Magic City to get something to eat. Hey. Bruh. Oh man, <laughs> busted! <sighs> now he has to miss two games in the playoffs. I believe it's two games. exactly. He has to quarantine for ten days just because my guy could not resist the temptation of going to Magic City Damn, to get yo. something to eat and see some booty. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Do you believe in Magic? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, listen, Ryan, if you're going to take an L. Exactly. You <laughs> might as well see Magic. You might as well. Exactly. Might as well. Might as if well. there's any way to take an L, that's the way to go down, bro. Word. That's the way. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yes. And that's you better point. not lose because you went to Magic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who snitched? LeBron snitch. I know LeBron snitch. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the bro picks I have for this week. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, man. Dope, dope, man. Yo, that is our show, man. That's all. Quick and easy, quick and easy, man. Uh, Word. Listen, you can listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash time show, YouTube, YouTube.com uh, slash time show. Uh, you can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, all that noise. Um, See us on um, the dickatimeshow.com and see our articles and stuff like that. Um, shout out to Dash Radio, man. Shout out to Dash Radio. Uh, yes, sir. Help Dash. Us. Yeah, shout out to you guys for the support. Been here for you for years. Um, and you can also follow us on social media at theklpshow.com. I mean, the KLT Show on Twitter. I'm sorry. The Nick Time Show on Instagram. 
And follow us on Facebook too. You can't forget. Yes, sir. But uh, that is our show. You can also follow me personally on Instagram. Shout out to you guys who actually should do that. I am at J Ellis J Ellis Draws Things. That's J E L L I S Draws Things. No dollar sign ass, no special character, straight up. You can see some artwork, stuff before it hits the streets, t shirts, whatever, whatever. Motion graphics, whatever, all that stuff. Where can they find you, Ryan? Dreams. Uh, in, 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 in